Hey everyone, welcome to the Hot Takes Podcast, where we're always seeking to be humble, open, and transparent. We are about to have some fun. I hope you're ready. Thank you for being here, and enjoy. What is going on, everyone? Everyone, golly, can y'all believe it's June already? Um, and we are back with another hot takes episode. And y'all, I got another. Yeah, if anybody knows anything about me, John Maxwell, that's my guy. Um, but I got I got another John Maxwell team member, but another amazing, amazing leader, another amazing coach, despite uh, what's on his wall in the back. It's all good. But what's going on, Coach David? Hey, Lawrence. Great. It's great to be here, man. I'm, I'm so excited. I've been looking forward to this uh, for, for a long time and, and uh, really excited to be here today. All right. Well, before we get rolling with uh, your topic of talking about intentional growth today, uh, can you tell people a little bit about yourself, where you are in the world, and then we'll get rolling? Yeah, sure, sure. So I'm in the Pittsburgh region, and uh, I was not born and raised here. I actually was born and raised in Indiana, um, hence the sign. Uh, yes, I am a huge Notre Dame fan. Uh, love uh, love the Notre Dame football uh, tradition, uh, but uh, just... Uh, so my journey is really uh, a, an intentional growth journey. And so I'm, I'm excited to talk a little bit about it uh, today. So it's it's amazing over over the past year and some change. And, and I don't know, Coach Dave, but I've come in contact with a lot of people who have been experiencing um this season of life and this long season of life, like never before. Um, and when you talk about, cause we hear intentional growth, right? We hear purpose driven life. We hear all these other cliche things, but why, why is this your work to help folks understand what it means to be intentional about growth? Yeah. I mean, and that's a great question. Uh, I, I think the, the biggest reason is because probably for, a while I was unintentional with my growth and, and I just kind of let it happen. And I really began to, I, I think it really started when I um, went through a season of my life where I started to see that unintentionality take me into the drift, you know, as Michael Hyatt would say, you know, that, that drifting zone. And, and I really wasn't um, leading myself forward. And, and I really saw that. And quite frankly, I, I, I made a, a, major, a major milestone in, in my birthdays. I mean, I hit 50 and I, I, I read a book called Halftime by Bob Buford. And it really got me thinking about that second half of my life and that second half of even my career and what did I want it to look like and, and that I could actually shape it. And so I think that was the 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 corner that really got me turned to looking at intentionality and really being a lot more um, specific about how I wanted my life to look. Now, obviously, there are things that in our life that that come along the way that we just have to adapt and change. And, um, we, you know, we don't ex things that we can't expect or we can't plan for. But I do believe that having some intentionality, having some vision of what we want our life to look like. And, and the things that we can do to make that happen is, is so important. So I, it, I think it was really that moment in my life that I, I figured out that 
I can't just drift through life. I need to be more in, in intentional. I need to be more um, purposeful and really um, look at how do I want the last part of my life to play out. And so that's really what what took it for me um, into the work that I'm doing right now. And, and, and frankly, I spent the first part of my career um, in the insurance industry and that transitioned then to what I'm doing today, working with organizations and, and emerging leaders all over the world. Yeah, and it, and, I, and I love that you that you uh, teed up that, particularly the term emerging leader, uh, because when I've I've encountered people, um, you know, in this season of life, people are like, "Oh, who's next in the organization? Who's next?" And yeah. and and everybody, because we because we're so comfortable with labels, um, we we believe that's a pocket of the population instead of the potential within all right. of us, regardless of right. what stage in life. And I love like, the the reference to halftime. Because because, again, an old school mentality was, hey, when you hit 50, you're on the backside of this thing and uh, almost like you're you're capped. Right. Yeah. Which, which couldn't be further from the truth, because yeah. if you're doing what you believe you're supposed to be doing, there's there comes an energy, there comes a drive, there comes all of this stuff. So when you think about helping companies, cultures and companies growth, what does emerging leader really mean to, yeah. to help that process? Yeah, I think that and it's interesting because some people may have in their mind, when I say emerging leader, they may think youth or young. And, and frankly, that's not true in my world. I see an emerging leader as someone who maybe they maybe they are 50, maybe they're 60. And for the first time in their life, they're coming, they're, there's this awakening within them that they realize that there's more to them and there's more potential within them. And so they're beginning to, to, to go through that transformation process and they're really emerging as a leader. Maybe for the first time they become a people leader. In other words, they have some people that are reporting to them. So I, I see a wide spectrum of what I would term as an emerging leader. It's really all about that awakening that comes within someone that recognizes that, hey, there's more to me or there's more in my career, there's maybe more under, uh, you know, under the surface that really meets the eye right now. And it's, it's, uh, it's really all about an awakening. And it's, I think it's also about an awakening of the leadership team within an organization to find those people and, and really pour into them and really be able to give them an opportunity to, allow that leadership to emerge and, and really even give them a safe space for them to, to uh, emerge that leadership. Man, you, you just, ah, I love the word <laughs> awakening. And, and, and again, like that just, that hit me because early on when, when I tra first transitioned out of the military, I could really recall feeling like some things were dying on the inside of me, yeah. but, and it was just really a lack of understanding. It was really a lack of direction. And, and once I got my first mentor, that was a catalyst to opening up connection to so many different people. It just literally just awakened purpose and drive in life in me to where now I'm like, once I feel it, I don't ever want to not feel it again. So when you when you meet, though, that leadership group, because let's let's be honest, let's let's be honest, coach. There are a lot of organizations out there that they still made some money. They still maintain a level of comfort in this season of life for everyone. What do you say to them to see awakening 
the employee population as an opportunity versus ah, that's just a whole lot of effort. I don't really want to sign up for. Yeah. You know, the first thing that comes to my mind as you're asking that question is really a quote by Jim Collins. And that is that good is the enemy of great. You know, you can be good. You can be, you can be right in your comfort zone and stay right there. Cool. That's all good. And I've seen it time and time again. I've seen leaders and I've seen organizations stay right and stay good. And, and that's, that's cool if, if that's what you want to be. But the people that want to work with me and with you, they are the, the leaders, they're the organizations that they want to be great. They want to be world-class. They want to be intentional with their culture, with their leadership development, with everything that they're doing, because they recognize that that is going to attract to them great people and also great customers. And they're going to, and it's going to help them to stand out in a crowd of a commoditized world. Mm, man, you, golly, man, you, you just drop, you dropping bombs. You drop, <laughs> dropping bombs early, man. Well, and again, I think it really comes down to the fact that good is the enemy of great yeah. because for so long. And, and uh, I heard it like this only you told me one time was like, unfortunately, the organization and, and leaders at certain levels won't desire to grow because they're continuing to make money in spite of. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Right. And I'm like, Right. If, if that and that and to me, that's like mediocre is the enemy of good. Right. Like, right. <laughs> exactly. Still making money. And yeah. so when you think about just how do you again, how do you get someone to say yes to doing this work? Because, again, if you got mediocre, I'm still making money. If you got mm -hmm. good, I'm still making money. Mm -hmm. How do you get a company to say, you know what? We're we see what we have but we want to build differently. Like how do you yeah. shake somebody loose? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a great question. And I think it's really a men uh, mentality or a mindset and it's really taking a look at where the, the, the leadership of the organizations at right now and, and challenging them to take it to, and, and this is a cliche, but take it to the next level, but take it beyond where they are right now so that they can, you know, be the Ritz Carlton of their industry so that they, yeah, you're making money. That's great. But what about the attraction of talent? What's your turnover like? Are you really, you know, keeping and attracting great talent? Mm -hmm. Making money is one thing, but, but you, you, you need to be able to attract great talent and you want to be able to ensure the legacy of the organization. Lawrence, one of the things that I see a lot of right now, especially in the environment that we're in, is that there are a lot of senior leaders who maybe they started the organization. They put their blood, sweat, and tears into an organization, and, and they're maybe starting to ride off into the sunset, or they want to be able to slow down a little bit and pass off the organization to the next generation of leaders well, how do you do that if you haven't been intentional? Making money is one thing, but getting them to think about legacy and 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 what I'll say is future proofing the organization to to really make sure that they have a foundation of of leaders and a foundation of growth, a foundation of intentionality within their organization. 
that's I think that's the key is 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 really asking them great questions like, you know, what do you want this organization to look like 25 years from now? Will it be around? And if not, then what do you need to do in order to make that happen? And so that's I think that's where I would go with that. Yeah. And it's almost as you were saying that what was coming up is is it's almost you having a conversation because again, I I, I have this uh this love-hate relationship with uh talking about pain points yeah. um with, with, with leaders. But I think what you called on again, it's calling forth purpose. It's representing the why it started in the first place. Right. Because if you think about most of these organizations, most of the big, you know, the Fortune Fives, Fortune One Hundreds, they they got some age on them, which sure. would insinuate the leadership has some age on it. And mm -hmm. so, if we we're, it's not lost on us that they would be removed from the original why because right. of all the minutia of of you know P and Ls and and all the rest of these things that that get leaders all round up right yeah. but when you think about just the representing of that why is man that's a powerful that's a powerful tool to, to reinvigorate to awaken in what like why you started in the first place right mm -hmm. and, and and when you think about that as a gift giving that back to a company as a gift like what what have you observed when when doing that with with the company yeah, yeah, great question. Um, you know, what's interesting is, is that I see a company that is maybe in that later stages of, of its business life actually be re-energized and actually um, one of my clients has has really re-energized the whole division because they've, they've exploded in terms of, of their own uh, KPIs, their own, you know, EBITDA numbers and their own sales growth and 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 it's it's a really a re-energizing of the organization. So uh, I think that that's that would be the first thing that I have seen firsthand is when an organization um, invests in their people and actually switches their mindset to, in Simon Sinek's um, phrase, play the infinite game to be able to really know that hey, I am going to. Um, be around for a long time and our organization is going to be around for a long time. And so what do we need to do to be able to do that and build that? And, and, and so that's, that's the, that, the that's the upside. It's, it's re-energizing an organization and, and maybe even just taking it to a place where they never even thought was possible for them. I see that a lot with small organizations too. Small yeah. organizations may not necessarily always see uh, a bigger picture or a bigger role for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and what what you start you start digging in there because what I hear there is is again you've been practicing one way, but there's some updated behaviors and rituals that an organization needs to begin exercising. Can can you dig in a little bit on, on that? Yeah, yeah. So, um, so often when I'm working with organizations, especially around culture, I I dive into defining a culture by the behaviors of an organization. And so, um, th there's a there's a big distinction, or at least I make a big distinction between values and behaviors. Values are things that are I consider them like nouns. You know, they're they're respect. Um, integrity. I mean, things that are fairly nebulous. And, 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 and then there are behaviors like practicing blameless problem solving, listening generously, speaking straight. 
those two things are uniquely different, but the behaviors inform the values or show an organization how to live out the values. Um, and, and I think the behaviors, when they're articulated and specifically um, defined, it helps the organization be able to know what do they need to practice? What, what do we need to do? Because really culture is all about how we do things around here. And so defining our behaviors that are going to lead to our success and lead to us succeeding and, and fulfilling our mission is the first step. And then beyond that, though, we can't just define behaviors. It's kind of like creating our vision, mission, and values and putting it on the wall and leaving it there. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's like this sign here. If I just put a sign up here and say, play like a champion today, well, what does that mean? I have to put it into practice. And so there's some rituals that we need to do to be able to create some cadence to be able to talk about the, the behavior of practicing blameless problem solving. When I'm in a startup meeting, I need to, I need to start that meeting with the, uh, the conversation of, hey, what's going to get in our way of practicing blameless problem solving today, guys, or this week, um, and, and have a weekly ritual and a daily ritual to be able to practice those behaviors. You, you all in my sandbox, coach. You, I mean, we I always <laughs> talk about you got to define things. And again, putting the posters into practice like yeah. that, like that's what it's all about, because it, the behavior part of it. Right. You don't know what to correct right. or you don't know what to in, reinforce or or tell somebody to stop doing if yeah. it's not been defined for people. And exactly. so many times you, you go into organizations and literally they wrote these nice pontificating documents and they're really, really cute. They're really, yeah. really jazzy. But do you ask them, what do you do with it? Right. It's like Bueller. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so when you think about how do you build up the do in cultures and emerging leaders so that they take ownership of walking this out? Yeah. I mean, I, it really is. It's, it's, it's a leadership function. And the, I, I think that everything about culture is a leadership function. And so um, we have to define it first. We have to then practice it. We have to create ways that we put it into our daily practice, whether that's part of the startup meeting. I mean, one of my clients, actually many of my clients will often um, put it at the beginning of every meeting. So if let's say, for example, um, listening generously is our is our fundamental or our our behavior of the week, then every meeting this week is going to start with listening generously. We're going to talk about it. We're going to ask questions about it. We're going to grapple with it. How are we using it? How are we seeing it? How how will this impact our clients? How will this impact our employees? What's getting in the way of that? And when we do that on a regular basis then it gets ingrained in the DNA of the organization. But it first has to be a part of the leadership's mentality. It can't be the flavor of the month. I mean, let's face it, those happen all the time. We, we, we go to a seminar, we see one thing and we go, oh, that's cool. And then we try something, but we don't commit to it. So it takes commitment and it takes a long-term um, vantage point or a long-term perspective to be able to practice the behaviors that will really um, bridge that gap from good to great.
I'm all about bridging gaps. I'm all about bridging gaps. And you got the coaches out there going crazy. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Everything about culture is a leadership function. I I mean, again, you got you got people. and, And let's be honest. Right. We do this for a living. We dig into this stuff for a living. But if you're in a position that you're being asked to care for others. Right. Again, if you have people underneath you, guess what? You're a positional leader, but guess what? You now have the mantle to take on everything that goes with it. So why not be excellent? Yeah. Right. Regardless of why you were chosen, why not be excellent there? And then again, Coach Coach Day, I want people to have the ability to build themselves, but build their organizations. And there's something I want you to I want you to dig in a little bit on, because this is something I'm doing my Ph.D. work on. The, the part about retaining people. Yeah. We go after great talent. Mm-hmm. We tell people this is a great place to be, but when we get them, we don't grow them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, that, that I think, and, and I come back to my belief and I know it's, it's yours as well, is that if the people within an organization are growing, if they're challenged, if they're going outside of their comfort zone, then the organization as a whole is going to grow because the organization is going to get outside of its comfort zone. And oftentimes that means quote unquote failing. It means trying something or doing something and it not working out the way we think it should. Um, But there's all kinds of learning from that. And so I really believe that an organization, if they want to retain talent and, and not just attract it, but keep it there, we have to develop our leaders and we have to grow our leaders and help them to be able to pour into their, their teammates and, and challenge each other and really make it a, a cohesive team. So, you know, one of the things that I, I, I see high performing teams, high performing companies do is create safe spaces, create safe spaces like for example, I, I have uh, a, a group called the Emerging Leader Inner Circles, and um, it's a group of leaders quite literally from all over the world. We have leaders from Germany and the, the, the EU and, and here in the United States, and we meet virtually twice a month to be able to practice some of those leadership um, tactics and those skills that we need, like speaking, like, you know, overcoming the imposter syndrome, being able to grow in our confidence. And that can only be done in a really safe space. And so those organizations that want to retain their talent, they need to be able to provide things like that and provide opportunities for their leaders to grow. Yeah, it's all about, to me, it's it's the opportunity and the access is is really what what I really believe people feel connected to. And again, that's how we build community, right? Yeah, that's how we build sure. relationship is is again, I I inside of an organization, imagine the mentality that you're not co- my coworker or a team member, but your competition. Mm, yeah, like imagine yeah. though like we like we've worked in those spaces Absolutely. And, and they just they're just so draining. And so what you described, um, I believe, is the way of the future is the way of the workplace of people feeling cared for. People yeah. feel like there's spaces to grow here. Um, yeah. But that insinuates the leaders dig in on what they believe their 
supposed to be responsible for and also take ownership of it. And again, mm-hmm. it's not just laying at their feet, but everybody comes to work with that that mentality. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't want to hoard you. I don't, <laughs> don't want to hoard you, Coach David. I want people, I want I want what what events do you have coming up? What seminars do you have coming up? How can they find that community if you're open to new members? Just lay it all out there. How can people connect with you? Yeah, man. Thank you so much. Yeah. I, so right now, what I am concentrating on is uh, is growing that emerging leader inner circles environment because what I've seen and I've really, matter of fact, my own mentor, I was just with him on Friday and I was talking about how I'm doubling down on emerging leaders or, or rising leaders because I really feel like that is going to have the biggest impact. And my current uh, group is full, but I'm opening it up. And so if you're watching and you're listening and you 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 think, hey, this is a great environment, maybe you're what I would call an unseen people leader. You're, you're that person who is in a growing, uh, growing business, a growing company, but you don't have time to really build into your emerging leaders reach out to me because it very well could be that you guys could be the next emerging leader inner circle members. And so um, we're forming those, those other circles right now. So between now um, and the end of July, we are, are forming two new circles. And then at the end of the year, we're also planning our annual um, summit and in, in recent years, uh, well, last year it was virtual, but the, the uh, inaugural year, we actually came together in person here in Pittsburgh and really enjoyed a day together to mastermind and, and hear from some, some really top speakers. So if, if that's you, if, if you really want an environment like this for your team, um, reach out to me. Love to, love to help you in any way that I possibly can. I don't know. I, I I feel I feel like an invite's coming, Got Coach, Coach Dave. Like I, I need to get to Pittsburgh. It's been yeah, a minute man. since I've been up there, and a couple of the coaches uh, that are that are in here live right now. There's a there's a community of coaches up in that area um, awesome. that are doing some amazing amazing things. So awesome. I just want to say thank you again for just just this little tip of the iceberg conversation um, to, to all that is coach David. And, and again, you, anytime you want to jump back on live and, and drop some, some audio gold, video gold, just let me know. And uh, I'll definitely continue to make space for you, your mission. Um, because again, I am, I am huge on, on this emerging leader um, generation as well, because again, it takes us all, it takes us all to lean into it um, for, for yeah. us to get better. So, Hey, Thank y'all who out there for showing up live. Uh, if you're a speaker, if you're a coach, if you're a trainer and you think you have a message to share, uh, hit me up, direct message me. I would love to have you on for us to have a humble, open and transparent conversation. So until next time, folks, continue to be well, continue to be safe and make sure you connect with Coach David because he's going to make you better. He's going to make you better. Until next time, folks. See you soon. Thank you for listening to another Hot Takes podcast, where we're always seeking to be humble, open, and transparent. Please share, like, comment, subscribe. Uh, We love to hear from you. We love to hear from you. So until next time, make sure 
you present yourself every single day with intentionality, actions over ideas always win.